Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, let's talk a little bit of basketball, shall we? The uh, Montana Grizzlies got an 82-70 win in Moscow, Idaho. Mac Anderson, 15 points and four rebounds in this game. Saeed Pridget, 19-9-4. He just continues to do it every which way. Points, rebounds, assists, uh, both ends of the floor. And uh, Kendall Manuel also, by the way, added 14 points. So they get a win, 11 points, strong win, Idaho at home uh, is is you know again they're they're the worst team in the league by record. Travis Secure said to us, "Look, this is not the worst team in the league." And by the way, the last time they were here it was a four point game. And by the way, they've lost to everybody by one except for Montana State, who destroyed them a Thursday night right. last week. But nonetheless, this is a team that you do need to beat ultimately at this point in the season. You got to say if you're if you're Montana, and sure. they did it, uh, and they got the thing done. And by the way, Trayvon, uh, Trevon Allen, Trayvon Allen, Trayvon Allen, 36 points uh, for Idaho. He yeah. was outstanding, but he was the only one who was outstanding for the Vandals. Uh, we talked about this with Bobby Moorhead on Friday. I want to ask your opinion on this, though. Montana's defense has, their defensive strategy, a lot of the principles remain the same, but their strategy has shifted toward not giving any extra attention at all to the star scorer of the opposing team. That's been the strategy for four games in a row. Holland Woods scored 39 points. Harold Frey scored 37 points. Jacob Davidson scored 34 points. And Trayvon Allen scored 36 points. Those are four of the seven highest point single-game point totals in the league this season. And not to mention, Jarek Harding scored 31 the game before the Bobcat game. So you're talking about five straight premier guards have had 31 or more points and as many as 39 points. The strategy is put Timmy Falls on that guy, let him do whatever, but make him frustrated, make him work. And sometimes some of these games have been very efficient. Some have not. Some have been a a product of the free throw line more than anything else. I mean, Harold Frey shot 
12 free throws in the first half alone of the Cat Grizz game. Holland Woods made 21 consecutive free throws during his 39-point night. Trayvon Allen filled it up at the free throw line as well. But to me, the defensive game plan, the, the Grizzlies went into the locker room at halftime in Moscow, down one. The, um, the shooter for Idaho, excuse me while I look up his name quickly, as we continue this analysis, he's a he's a bench guy. He's he's just a three point specialist, but he hit all four of his three point attempts in the first half. Gabe Quinette, I never heard of this kid before until Saturday. He hit all four of his three point attempts in the first half. He had fourteen points at halftime. He touched the ball. Period. Touched the ball four more times the rest of the game. Got one shot off and had zero points. Charles DeCure said it after the Eastern Washington game. He said, we were not concerned about Jacob Davidson going off because Davidson's going to score 20 no matter what. And if he gets cooking a little bit, he might score 34 like he did in Missoula. Their whole game plan was to let Jack Perry not score, to let Quentin Rouse not score, to let the role players, the three-point shooters, the guys that get buckets off of the star players. So I just want to ask you, what do you think of, of this sort of newfound, evolving defensive strategy? They basically don't care if the number one guy goes for close to or a career high. This was Trayvon Allen's career high. It was Harold Frey's career high. It was Holland Woods' career high. I mean, it was Jacob Davis's career high. So four out of those five guys at 30-plus points, career highs, going off. But everybody else, nothing. And that's what has led Montana to victory in every one of those games but the Portland State game. But like you said, it's the ultimate... It's the ultimate, we only care about ourselves defense for the Montana Grizzlies. They're not interested in what it is that you're doing or who it is that's good. They're going to play their defense. Obviously, I mean, you you game plan it up, you watch tape, you prepare a plan and a scheme and all of that kind of stuff. But they're going to play their aggressive, sliding, right. ball, you know, on-ball defense. But that's what I'm asking because the main adjustment, and I think part of this is personnel as well because they don't want the guys to get in foul trouble. It used to be if there's any sort of ball screen action on the guy that's playing on the ball, what happens, right? The big guy shows, and it's a pseudo trap to try to make him go outside, right? And then the backside guy has the roller through the lane. It's not a full trap, but it's it's a partial trap. And then they readjust with their rotation and then get back into position, right? They haven't done that the last five or six games. They basically scrapped that portion of their defense. They said, on ball, Timmy, you got on ball, or whoever it might be, yeah. is playing on ball. You're not going to get much of, if any, help. But just deny on the perimeter and don't let anybody right. else score. And and the the point is is that it's not so much quote unquote allowing a guy to score. It's it's not bringing the requisite help that you need because the great scorers in this league are going to score if they're one on one or just about regardless of who the defender is. And so ergo, that is the that means we shut everybody else off thing because you are not you're not you're not leaving in this case Quinette after right. he proves that he's going to burn you to go help on 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 Trayvon. Like, you're just not going to do that right. now. And I think also it's a product of what their bigs can and can't do defensively as well. Right. Jared Samuelson is a stretch five, but he's not, especially with the way his knee has been bothering him so much this year, he, he's not really that athletic in terms of being able to get out and trap that guy. So I think that you just are way better set to have Jared Samuelson just denying the post, right? Rather yeah. than have the show-and-go defense. For sure. Mac Anderson, his biggest Achilles heel all year, or all, his whole career so far, right, has been foul trouble. He's not getting as much foul trouble because they don't have the same rules, it seems to yeah. me, at least, right? And Derek Carter, Carter Hollinger is less than 25 games into his college basketball career. So I think that you just keep it simple for him, say, 
see ball, get ball, just rebound and and play on ball defense. So to me, I think it's a schematic adjustment, both for what you're saying, let the premier scorers get theirs, but also those three guys I just named are three of the seven guys in the rotation and the only three guys that aren't guards slash wingmen. So you got to keep them out of foul trouble. Totally. No, no doubt. And I mean, I think this is, uh, uh, an, the, the, that style is working right now for Montana and they're getting wins. I mean, as long as they, you know, get a dub, I don't know if they care, you know, when or how they get those, you know, the wins that they get, but, um, Will is that something that can stand up, you know, down the stretch and when you get into the, to the to the conference tournament? That's the thing that I'm interested to find. A couple of numbers from this game, by the way, that I thought are also worth paying attention to. Kind of interesting. The Grizzlies were only three of eleven from beyond the arc, and they were all hello. Josh Vasquez went three of five. He's the only guy who made a three. Kendall Manuel was zero of four in this game and three eleven from beyond the arc. You know, it's first of all, you're not shooting very many threes anyways, and they go three of 11. I know you're what you're going to tell me about Josh Vasquez, so I'll let you do that in just a second. But comparatively as a team, Idaho's 8 of 16. They didn't get a ton up, but 50% from beyond the arc is absolutely outstanding. Right. And by the way, uh, they end up going, what, for the game, 52% from the field. The Grizz were 57%. So, you know, comparable in terms of the field goal percentages. But usually, if you have a comparable f- field goal percentage and another team more than doubles, almost triples up your production in terms of made threes, that's huge. And yet, all of those things, you know, you get the thing that you need if you're Idaho. You go 50% from beyond the arc. You score five more three-pointers, 15 more points from beyond the arc than do the Grizzlies. Trayvon Allen, the guy who's got to have a big game, has a huge game for 36, and you still lose at home by 11. I mean, that you mix that all together, and it's just Montana's just a significantly better basketball team than Idaho. And Idaho's not a great team right now. I mean, we could talk about close losses all day long. The fact is they're, what, 2-9 and nine in conference, right? right. So... Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I know you've lost a lot of close games, but you're 2-9. and nine, So I, I don't feel that bad for you at this point. Montana is just a, a flat-out better team. But all those numbers would mitigate in favor of Idaho at some level, and they just, no. Well, Montana did whatever they wanted in the second half. And yeah. part, of, part of that was because Mac Anderson had a coming-out party. I mean, Mac Anderson scored 11 consecutive points. He finished with a career-high 15 points. I know it's his career-high. I'm not actually sure he's ever even scored in double figures before. Yeah. He might have got up to 10 once, but... Has has Mac Anderson turned a corner this last weekend? I mean, he was outstanding, I thought, against Eastern Washington. Uh, I think Mac Anderson turned a corner when the calendar turned. Yeah. he's. I think that what we're talking about, though, with the difference in the defense has kept him out of foul trouble, and so he's, he's been able to stay on the court. Right. I mean, he the the introduction of, of Jared Samuelson has been such a, a great complimentary feature for him and he's also and it's his Amazon's now been injured and and you know had limited minutes because of his knee and so forth and so on and we'll see how he's able to to get that but uh, I've been really impressed man with with Mac Anderson and and his his progression now he's really coming on to be to be more of just an athletic guy that can do a couple of things but but working his way into a significant feature of this team both ends of the floor and Mac Anderson's also been able to take advantage of some of the matchups too. I mean, in, in this league, there's not that many big guys usually ever. I mean, you, there's really not that many true right. post type guys usually, but this year even more so. I mean, 
Mason Peatling and Josh Patton are the only two guys that really come to mind. I mean, you'd want to say Jabril Bello at Montana State, but he's just been so up and down. When he's good, he's good, but when he's bad, he's sort of irrelevant, and I think that's been odd and perplexing for Montana State. You know, Devin Kirby has not been healthy at Montana State. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, and, you know, Sal Nuhu, he didn't play the first matchup against Portland State, and Mac Anderson feasted that game. That, that was Mac Anderson's best game of the year until – these last two, and these last two, Mac Anderson scored 25 points. But coming into this weekend, he'd only scored 64 points the whole year. He scored 25 the last two weeks. But I think that Anderson's just been able to stay on the court a little bit more. Plus, he's been able to take advantage of favorable matchups. But you want to talk about the job Travis DeCure is doing right now. This team, more than any team Travis DeCure's had, every single guy on the team knows their role. Every yeah. single guy in the rotation, I should say, knows their role. And I think that their rotation is awesome. It, it can't be understated how impressive it is to have Josh Vasquez go from starter to bench player. He, he's going from 30 minutes to 13 minutes. But then when called upon to play 33 minutes like he did against Idaho, he steps up and he scores in double figures. To be ready to have that level of maturity in your preparation and not mope, not woes me you know these guys Kyle Owens Josh Vasquez Derek Carter Hollinger they're all such big time recruits for this level to get those guys to come here under the the promise and the premise that they're going to play early and then have them play early but have the minutes be sporadic and have all three of those guys be locked in and not be on the outside not thinking about me not thinking about the fluctuation in minutes I mean Kyle Owens has gone from starter to non-starter Hasn't missed a beat. He's actually been better coming off the bench. Josh Vasquez, starter or non-starter. And, and tell the people what I said you were going to tell them about Josh Vasquez and his three-point shooting. Well, and this is it. Josh Vasquez missed 18 of his first 19 three-point shots in Big Sky Conference play. He was one of 19 going in the Weber State game. Yeah. Then he hit four in a row, and he's 11 of 15 since then. That's cooking. <laughs> That's cooking. You're man. sizzling. <laughs> yeah. But we knew it was coming because every he has it. He's not as if Kyle Owens took some bad shots toward the beginning of conference play. His yeah. shot selection's gotten a lot better. Derek Carter-Hollinger, I think, has exceptional shot selection for a young guy. He does. So does Josh really Vasquez, does. though. Josh Vasquez was not missing contested or forced or bad shots. He was only shooting it when he was wide open on the kick when the ball is swung to him. You knew it was only a matter of time, and now he's starting to click in. But I think I, it can't be understated the fact that, I mean, this day and age, think about some of the guys that Coach DeCure's had in the past. I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus by name, but there's been guys that were talented freshmen and sophomores that when their minutes would fluctuate, they would sit there and pout. They're yeah. not they're not partying with their teammates. They're not celebrating. They're not smiling. They're not having fun. All three of these freshmen are having fun. And yeah. I think that that's the brilliance of it. I mean, I think that that's the brilliance of Travis DeCure's coaching because then they, they can all prop up the other guys, the veterans, the Timmy Fallside, Pridges, and Jared Samuelsons of the team. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. So the Grizzlies stay on top by a half game of the Big Sky Conference. They are 9-3. and three. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer, one of the thesis is in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. 
We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Montana State, they had a huge win by like 22 or something like that over over Idaho and then went yeah, to 7250 yep and got boat raced disgusting in, against eastern washington one of the ugliest games especially offensively that you're going to see they lose 74 to 49 and, shot and it was it was uglier than that man 22% from the field they scored 5 points in the final 12 minutes and 15 seconds of the first and, half and that was after after a 2 of 20 start from the floor yeah well I mean that that whole that's part of the two of twenty stuff. No, 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 no. They, well, had, they, started, they had they had eleven points on two made field goals because they oh, got all their the points point. on, okay. and then they got five more points after that. So in other words, the horrendous shooting start it didn't get any better. Yeah, sixteen points at halftime for Montana State. Just just bad, bad, bad all the way around. Here's what Danny Sprinkle said after the loss. They came out hungry, and they came out with, with a point to prove, and, and they proved it. And we didn't match the intensity. And, you know, I thought once, you know, we weren't making shots early, and credit to them, their defense was outstanding, you know, especially in the first half. Uh, they made it really tough on Harold, and they were really contesting shots at the rim. I think they had six blocks at halftime. You know, I thought their energy and their their urgency and their focus was, was a lot better than ours tonight. No doubt. I mean, Amin Adamu, one of 11. Harold Frey, one of five, only got five shots. Career uh, low. Kevin. Uh, he had a career low. Harold yeah, Frey had a career low. Four points for Harold Frey. Caleb Bellish led all scores for the Bobcats with 10. He only player in double figures. So it was, I mean, it's just, there's nothing good to say about this game. For no, there was nothing State. good to say about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's all bad. But it's interesting because here in this conference where it had been through the halfway point a whole bunch of close games, now we're getting blowouts in multiple directions for the Bobcats the last two games. Well, this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. Two, two points here. First of all, yeah. I think that Danny Sprinkle deserves a lot of credit from just the, the broad improvement of effort defensively, but also just the revitalization of interest in basketball. It's not as if, I mean, Brian Fish deserves a lot of credit for bringing basketball back at Montana State, too. The, the Bobcats the last couple of years, because Tyler Hall was so talented, they largely could be considered a disappointment. Yeah. But they were getting less than 2,000 a game when Fish took over, and he got it into the mid-2,000s and, and low-3,000s, and now Sprinkles got it into the low-3,000s. You know, local guy, guy that played at Montana State, so they've been really good at home, yeah. Especially proportionally. I mean, what what they look like at home compared to what they look like on the road, especially against good Big Sky Conference teams, it's vast. It's very. It's much different, and I think that is something that they got to work on going yeah. forward. I thought they looked terrible on Saturday. I thought it was a, a low point of the season for them, honestly. But the, you know, the other thing worth mentioning in terms of the scope of that game, this is where officiating comes in and the inconsistency in officiating. I'm not saying the officials are bad. I'm just saying that. The games are not being called across the board. Harold Frey got every call he wanted in Missoula. 
Montana was trying to knock him off the spot. That's what everybody in the league's trying to do. Yeah. Trap Frey, be physical with him. Well, Frey shot 13 free throws in the first half. He made 12 of them. He had 25 points at halftime. In Cheney, no calls. He, he And again, I'm not saying it's one way or the other or biased or anything like that, but the difference in one week is the difference between 33 points for one guy. Yeah. Frey didn't get any calls, none, on Saturday, and he, he couldn't get in any sort of rhythm. But here's the thing I want to talk to you about broadly around the league. Midpoint of the league season, yep. the Big Sky had played more close games. I think that Ken Palm had him at 41% of games decided by four-pointers or less, the highest percentage in the entire country. And you mentioned now, though, that there's been even just the first three to four games of the second half of league play, all sorts of blowouts. This is what I'm always talking about. When you've been knocking on the door and it's not quite going your way, at what point do you tap out? Mm. Being one and five with five points by 13 points or less like Idaho, that's one thing. Being two and nine and having no chance to climb your way into a bye, what's the incentive? Right, and now you lose by 25 and 11 even on a night that you played pretty well in a lot of ways. So the teams I think we got to watch for, Weber State's got it rolling a little bit now, so I expect them to surge in terms of the teams that are in the bottom half. Yeah. But we got to watch the initiative to play for Sac State, Idaho State, and Idaho, because those three games could become easier games than what they were the first half yeah. simply because of effort. Yeah. Uh, it's two telling and want us, 102.9 ESPN Radio. On the other side, Brandon Casey, new commit to the Montana Grizzly football team. He's an offensive lineman from the panhandle of Idaho, and uh, this is a guy that uh, Coach Houck and uh, and the rest of the crew are very, very high on. He's going to join us right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you, and you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in a University of Montana Grizzly commit to the football team, signed his uh, national letter of intent, and is going to be an offensive lineman for the Montana Grizzly in the, Grizzlies in the coming seasons from Sandpoint, Idaho. Brandon Casey on the line. Brandon, thanks so much for being with us, man. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, we're really happy to have you here, Brad. We're excited to uh, to to have you on the phone now, and then eventually playing football at the University of Montana. Excited uh, to uh, to see that. What was it? What was it been like for you the last I don't know year or so as a guy who's uh, you know a pretty highly recruited kid and looking for places to play football and trying to come to a decision? What's that process like for you? Um, it's just a a lot of trying to just figure out what I want. Um, and ultimately it just came down to the coaches, the atmosphere and, um, the guys I'm playing with. 
Brandon, hey, Coulter Nuanas here. I'm actually the one that initially reached out to you. Thanks so much for making some time with, for us today, man. But take us through just the, the recruiting process in general. When did Montana first land on your radar? Uh, where did they kind of fit in in terms of other schools that were recruiting you? And you mentioned why they rose to the top, but I know that the coaches have told us here that you got some late interest uh, from several different schools, including maybe a Pac-12 school too. So what was the process like for you in terms of when Montana first started recruiting you and what made you stick with the Grizz throughout the entire thing? Yeah, so early in the spring, I um, went around to the camp circuit and I got five uh, big sky offers. And um, out of all the big skies, out of all the big sky schools, Montana was obviously my favorite. And so I committed um, just before my high school football season. And then late, late in the game, I think a, a few days before signing day in December, Oregon State offered me. And I actually went out there and went on an official visit. Um, but ultimately, I felt like Montana was my home. So I guess towards the end, it got pretty chaotic. But um, throughout the spring and throughout the summer, it was pretty smooth. Just, you know, it, honestly, my decision was pretty simple. I wanted to go to Montana. Interesting because Oregon State's coach is you know, Jonathan Smith, who's the new head coach out there. He used to be a coach at Montana. I know he's got a couple guys on his staff that have Montana ties. He also has a couple former Montana State coaches on his staff. So there's a lot of guys that are familiar with Montana. But this day and age in recruiting, the glitz and glam of the Power Five seems to be so uh, such an allure for recruits. Well, was it hard for you to end up choosing Montana, or did it just feel like that good of a fit for you? Yeah, I mean, it felt that good of a fit for me. I mean, I, it was obviously hard just, you know, cause I didn't want to regret anything, but at the same time I knew in my gut and I couldn't argue with that. Brandon Casey joining us, the offensive lineman from Sandpoint, Idaho, will be coming to the University of Montana to uh, play football for the Grizzlies. And Brandon, it was interesting because Coach Hauk, when he was going through uh, all the, the, the signees in this uh, last national signing day, said, you know, they treat Sandpoint or the peninsula of Idaho or the panhandle of Idaho, not the peninsula. I guess you're not surrounded by water, are you? You're surrounded by land, aren't you, there on the panhandle? Uh, but, uh, but you are kind of surrounded by water. There is Lake water Ponder. there. Yeah, yeah. There's water there. I but, mean, hell, that's as deep as the ocean, too. I, think they, I mean, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I think that Lake Ponder is the deepest inland freshwater lake in the United States. I think is that right? They test, what about Crater Lake? They test submarines at the bottom of Ponder. That's how deep it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's number one, but it's pretty close. Have Have you gone into a submarine yet, Brandon? <laughs> no, I mean i I think they used to do that, but I don't think they do that anymore. Okay. okay. See, my grandma right. used to run Doc Bird's Ranch out there in in Sandpoint, and my dad every time would be fishing on the lake. He'd always tell me, "You better be careful. A submarine's going to come get you." Oh boy. Okay, That's, <laughs> that sounds like just trying to keep your kid in line through fear. That's what that sounds like. So. Brandon, back to my original question, though. Uh, Coach, I was saying, you know, they treat the, the panhandle of Idaho a lot like it's just sort of in-state almost, just because, especially on the western side of Montana, it's actually closer than, you know, the east side of the state of Montana. But growing up in Sandpoint, and you're in, you know, a state with Idaho, with Idaho State, but also very close to both eastern Washington and the University of Montana, what's your perception of sort of the Big Sky Conference and, and the nearness and all that kind of stuff? How much do the state lines themselves actually you know matter in, in that sort of situation yeah so being so close to all those schools as i grew up i mean we watched all of them really right because they were so close it wasn't really that big of a deal to uh you know to go to eastern washington or go to montana or to go to idaho state lines were never really you know that 
you know, that's set in stone for us when it, when it came to football, at least. So when I got my Montana offer, it was obviously out of all the big sky, I was like, you know, I was so excited. Uh, and so, like, when it comes to state lines, I mean, we're in the panhandle of Idaho, so it's not, it's not really the biggest part of the state. No doubt. Uh, yeah, 74 miles or something like that on uh, yeah. I need to get across. So it, it, when you look at the University of Montana, their history at your position, offensive line, has, I mean, some outstanding players who have gone to yeah. the University of Montana, developed, and then gone on to play, you know, at the next level, and in some cases with outstanding careers. When you look at the Grizzlies, are you, how much are you aware of that history? How much do they talk to you about that, about wanting to sort of get back to that place with the dominant lines and all that kind of thing? I mean, was that worked into what they they came and, and, and pitched you on when they were trying to get you to go? Yeah, so me and Coach Peace uh, created a relationship really early, but I actually talked a lot to Coach Germer, and he, he, uh, he tells me all about that stuff and, like, the Dola mentality – and uh, just the, just like you said, the uh, past guys that have created such a legacy through the University of Montana. Did you come on an official visit here? I did. So yeah. was that was it during the? Did you come for the the playoff game? Uh, no, I wasn't here for the playoff game. But I, I so my official was in January, but I went to three games this season. Oh, sweet. So you were able to come um, official and unofficial. Yeah. So just, yeah. you, just your overall experience in Missoula, coming to Washington Grizzly Stadium, watching a game, checking out campus, checking out Missoula as a town, and checking out the Champion Center, all the facility upgrades that Montana has gone through. How much did that influence your decision? What did you think of just Missoula in general? Oh, so I love, I love Missoula. And, um, you know, all that stuff, the Champion Center, um, all of that was obviously a big, uh, big part of my decision just because of how nice everything was. And I mean, it's really nicer than all the Pac-12 schools I went to, to be honest with you. And, um, and then watching the games was obviously, I mean, I was like set just a packed Washington Grizzly stadium, how loud it was, just the overall atmosphere. Like, I mean, how could you not want to play, play on that? Do you think that when you met Coach Germer, were you like, there's no way this guy teaches offensive line? <laughs> right? He doesn't look like an offensive line coach, does he? <laughs> I mean, uh, he's, yeah, I, I didn't, that thought never crossed my mind because we, we started talking football and it was pretty obvious that he knew what he was doing. Yeah, well, I think but, you know, to look at him, he probably does know what he's doing. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. He's yeah. been at it a long time. Yeah. Coach Houck has been, since he came back to Montana, has talked all about getting Montana back on track, returning to the heights that Montana was once at. Did you have any awareness of the Grizz when you were growing up? And and if not, or or if so, either way, how important is that to you to be a part of what Coach Alka has said? I mean, return to dominance, get the Grizz back to a national championship level. Yeah, so I remember when uh, when Coach Houck was in his first stint there and how dominant Montana was, and that was a big reason why I uh, – you know, that was another reason why I came is just to uh, return to that dominance and to win another national championship. And, uh, you know, in Coach Houck, we talked a lot about that. And uh, and I was confident. I was confident with uh, the direction the program is going, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. 
Well, Brandon, we appreciate you being here with us. We'll look forward to uh, your time for the uh, Grizzlies at the University of Montana and and, uh, and watching you develop here over these next several years. All right? Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. Can't wait. You bet. Brandon Casey, future University of Montana Grizzly offensive lineman, will be coming uh, to uh, play in the state of Montana at the University of Montana uh, in uh, in the fall. So look forward to that. Thanks to him for uh, joining us here. Take a quick break. You got something you want to say? Well, I mean, I think that <laughs> Coach Houck is is um, is funny intentionally and unintentionally for a lot of different reasons. His steadfast premise that Big Sky schools don't beat Mountain West and Pac-12 schools for kids is is an interesting one because I think that it actually does happen. Well, it's like, primary, prim, no, no, he didn't. He include Mountain West and really he's including Power Five, right? Like Big he said Sky Power Five, but he also said, "Yeah, schools. we hardly go heads up against Mountain West schools either." I think he's talking more about the San Diego States of the world than he is about the Nevadas of the world. But yeah. that's a state of the program. But here nor there, it's like, you know, David, our producer, he's a Mountain West guy. He's a Wyoming grad. So right. we were talking about just Point kind of the- Setia Bowl, David. Is that, the, uh, is that the, the last bowl game the Wyoming Cowboys were in? Won the Arizona Bowl this season. Oh, oh. Loans Arizona Bowl. You know what? That's Very my nice. that's my mistake because that was a big deal. Certainly they did win this, this year with Craig Bowl and then the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl, which was the last Poinsettia Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't even win that game. They lost to BYU. Oh, heartbreaker. And we were talking about just the spread, though. (laughs) Yeah, good. That's what he wants. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. (laughs) Well, as David and I were talking about, though, I mean, there's certainly tears. And a lot of times when you beat a Mountain West school, for example, if you're a big sky school, that guy, if if, just, just in terms of his baseline talent, would likely go to the Mountain West school and not really and probably not play, whereas he could come to the Big Sky and play. But also, I think that disregards just the element of development. And a lot of times, guys can become by the time they're done in the Big Sky, they could have been even as good as an all league player in the Mountain West if their development accelerates. But also, on the other side of the coin, they could be nowhere close to good enough and probably even end up transferring back to the Big Sky. So, to me, so much has to do with what happens in the next five years, especially at a position like offensive line. For Jeff sure. Choate made an interesting comment. We'll hear from Coach Choate about his new offensive coordinator in the second hour. But Choate was saying that he thinks that at the power five level, offensive and defensive linemen and corners are the easiest position to evaluate because there's such a cut and dry, you either can or you can't. It's like right. Choate said, when you look at Dante Fowler Jr., who he coached at Florida, or you look at Danny Shelton, who he coached at Washington – you know that that guy can play in the respective conferences that those schools are in, in one play. <laughs> All you have to do is right. see one play of Danny Shelton. You're like, oh, that guy can play in the Pac-12 or anywhere, including the <laughs> NFL. Yeah. Right? But he said at the big sky level, so much of it is figuring out the measurables, but the intangibles, the, per- the, the attitude. Mm. Not just how it projects, because what you're going to become physically, that's one thing. But do you have the toughness? Do you love the game? Do you love the grind? So often you're not going to play for one, two, three, four years, especially on the offensive line. So how do you get to that point where you're a fourth-year junior who's hardly played at all, who's ready to be a plug-and-play potential all-conference guy? That's what Montana did so well under Bobby Houck the first time around, was having guys that got hardly any reps be ready to roll right away. So I think that that's going to be the key for Brandon Casey. But when you talk about beating a Pac-12 school like Oregon State, his baseline talent is higher. Now it's a matter of, does he have that love for it to continue to develop? It seems to me, I mean, he was a great kid. That seems really, he seemed like a really 
good kid who is really excited to be here. To me, that's the most important. Oh, sorry. sorry. I, 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 I've got a cold. I can't think. I'm sorry I hit the wrong button to shut you off. That is the most important part, though, Coulter. You're right about that. Good point by you. Usually when I mute you, it's on purpose, and just to get you angry with me, that was an accident. Stu Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Boys and girls, we love giving away things around here. Stick with us next segment. We're going to talk a little Lady Grizzly Cat basketball, and we're going to give away gift card to Dobie's Teriyaki. Okay, so you want to get yourself some chicken teriyaki, stick with us for that. And also, I want to remind everybody, this week, coming up this weekend, it's, uh, it's Valentine's Day. And you haven't gotten your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other a gift. You know how I know? Because I haven't. And, uh, and you're listening. So you're like me. That's my, I just universalize myself to everybody else out there. Anyway, Kindred Skin and Soul. We got a $50 gift card for you. We're going to give that away this week. So uh, stay tuned to Tutel and Nuanas for that. And uh, we gave one away last week. We're going to give away another one. And uh, because this goes hand in hand, this is, you know, this is another great Valentine's Day present. We're giving away a bunch of tickets over the next two weeks to go see Corn. Uh, February 23rd, Adam Center, Corn playing with Breaking Benjamin. Going to be a fantastic show. Uh, we got tickets for you to that for the next two weeks. So just so you know, this is what you can look forward to. Facials and Corn and Teriyaki. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer, one of the thesis in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Speaking of Seattle, are you so stoked about your Rage Against the Machine Tacoma stop? I, I didn't even want to talk You're about it. You're not that. even going to come back. I didn't even want to talk about it because I don't want other people to just compete with me on this. So I'm going to be we'll doing uh, tryouts for a new co-host as of April uh, 28th because that's, that's right. the day that Ryan disappears from all of our lives forever. I have a pretty big run coming up for me, Coulter. Corn, as we talked about, February yep. 23rd, I will be there. Tool. March 14th in Boise, Idaho, coincidentally, a night that I'll be in Boise, I'm going to that. And now, God help us, Rage Against the Machine. Their tour, by the way, that they announced today, Rage Against the Machine, it's like, I'm not kidding you, it's like 40 to 50 dates. I mean, it is. Is this the swan song? Well, I don't think so. I think this is They're the going return. To Sioux Falls. They're going to Sioux, Sioux Falls, That's right. South Dakota, and also See, and also Prague. I mean, they're doing the whole thing. We can uh, we can tease them. about the shows like Sioux Falls, but 
in terms of uh, young folks with some angst and some uh, pent up energy, and I mean, I bet you that show is among the most hardcore shows on the whole. Stop. Oh, uh, absolutely! And the, the small Midwestern towns; those are the people that go the most nuts for these these hardcore rock bands. And also, I mean, there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of uh, you know political conversation to be had in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, right about now Certainly. for a band like Rage Against the Machine. So you know, you talk about Black Rock and all that. So uh, there's there's good reason to be in Sioux Falls and no do doubt. a bunch of Canadian dates. European. I know that Calgary Eastern one European. on my birthday. That sounds looking pretty nice too. See you there. Two weeks. What? How about this? We go Vancouver. We go. We go Portland, Tacoma, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Five straight. Sign it up. I know this tour more than I know anything about sports. That hundred percent. It's two telling the one is one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio. By the way, we got two minutes left. Shall we do this quickly? The Lady Grizz have now won four of five. They got a. The so one loss being to the first place, Montana State. That's Bobcats. right. And I mean, here's what I want to do here. They 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 beat Idaho, was the second place team in the Big Sky Conference. Yep. Great win for the Lady Grizz, who had lost yep. by one point in Moscow. Avenge that loss. They are now fourth in the Big Sky Conference. The Lady Grizz are. I asked you if when we watched Montana State and Montana playing, the women, yep. if we we're watching the two best teams in the Big Sky Conference, because at least from a talent standpoint, I think you could very easily argue that you were. And the Lady Grizz, I mean, the way that they lost to Montana State for them was just so demoralizing. And it totally. and it seemed to accentuate all of the negative things about the program that we've seen recently. Totally. Okay? But also, this is a team in Montana State that's three games out in front of everybody else. With that is clearly the best team in the Big Sky Conference, and they had them dead two rights at home. They've now won four or five with the one loss being that game, and they're a whisper from having won five in a row, and you're yep. sitting here looking at this. So I, you can't say that they have because they haven't, but four out of five, including a win over the now the number two team in the Big Sky in Idaho, and, uh, you know, a, a very competitive game, if nothing else, against Montana State and the Lady Grizz have some momentum here right now in Montana State. I mean, they're they're just rolling. They're just rolling. Absolutely, Montana State has the feeling of a really really special team because they're the type of team that they can win even when they don't play well. They can win even when certain players don't play well, or they can win even when certain players. It's not even. It's not even as if Fallon Frigi didn't play well this weekend. Like against Eastern, they didn't even need her. They only yeah. played her for about twenty minutes. They really took some minutes off of her. To me, she's going to be the MVP of the league if they continue to roll. And statistics throw them out the window. It doesn't matter. She's not going to be one of the top five leading scorers. They're just so balanced. She's going to be the MVP. She's the best player on what is right now far and away the best team. But in terms of the Lady Grizz, I mean, I haven't seen the NAU women live, but Montana has a win over the NAU women, and that's the only team ahead between them and Montana State in the standings. Montana now is tied with Idaho, a game back in the win column of NAU. So the Lady Grizz are right there. And I think that one thing... I'll, I'll admit, I'll take, I'll take this. When we analyze sports, we oftentimes analyze them based on the prestige and previous expectations of the program. That's more true with the Lady Grizz than any other team that you and I talk about on these airwaves. I covered the Lady Grizz when it was in, it was not even in the realm of consciousness that they could lose home games in league. It wasn't even part of the equation. It was not happening. So I think that I am too harsh on them a lot of times. I think this team is better. I think they are better than what they have been. It'll be interesting to see how they finish because they do have six out of their, I guess, is it five out of eight or six out of nine on the road? But most of their remaining schedule is on the road. 
So and, we'll, and they we'll see have how it goes. Been banged up, but not banged up in the way that they have been. We're talking about season-ending injuries. We're totally. talking about injuries to some girls who can and have come back, and if they can continue to get more healthy, who knows? It'll be interesting. And it's one of those deals where you can't make too much of the Bobcat loss because they've won four out of five. They blew it against their rival, but if you take away the name on the front of the jersey, you just say, oh, well, the first-place team who's out in front of everybody – just came back because Sweet they're just that him. team, yeah. right? So I just think that the Lady Grizz just need to continue to, to work. But when Abby Anderson's healthy, she gives them a distinctly different defensive presence. Yeah. And when they get up and down and run a rebound, they can play with anybody in the league. They just need to figure out how to do it consistently. But I will admit, I've been too harsh on them, I think. Four out of five, especially when you're beating teams like Idaho, it's a good stretch for really the Lady good. Grizz. Uh, Justin Udy, Jimmy Beal. Two new coaches on the offensive staff at Montana State. They had their introductory press conferences today. We will hear uh, from Justin Udy and head coach Jeff Choate. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 